You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. We're super excited to be here, and I just want to say hi, everybody. Let's just all breathe if we can, because it's been a incredible week here for us in the States. For those of you guys that are listening to my show from abroad, yeah, we're going through a lot here with uh, COVID-19, aka coronavirus. It's just been uh, a very interesting week for us here in the States. And so I want to thank my guest, uh, Jada, for still being uh, willing to come and do the show live and in person. So thanks everybody who are who's listening and watching uh, remotely. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We are all about creatively collaborating to connect and raise awareness about issues that impact women. And we just want to try to level the playing field for us if we can. And today is no different. Um, my topic today is protect yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we want to protect ourselves today. And it's not so much from a health perspective. I know, again, with the coronaviruses um, here and impacting thousands of people here in the United States. And so far as the, it relates this morning, it was about 60 people that unfortunately have died from the virus here in the U.S., yeah, we're all trying to be prepared and take care, better uh, care of ourselves. And schools are closed this week for about two weeks. And offices are encouraging people, if you can work from home, work from home and do all of that. But today, when I scheduled this, it was really a couple of weeks ago, really about a month and a half ago, because uh, my guest, Jada Williams, is very busy. Um, we were thinking more along the lines of protecting us ourselves from, you know, as women and with the abduction, there were there was a period of time like women would go to the mall, Target, to the stores and things were happening. Women were coming up missing, like for no reason, like just vanishing. Um, Atlanta is very known, like number one in sex trafficking here in the States. And so it's just a lot of things that are going on. And I think a, a couple of my listeners reached out to me and asked me uh, for this topic. Okay. And they just want to understand what we can do, shouldn't do, what our rights could be as women. So we're going to talk uh, about that. We're going to jump into that. So welcome, Jada. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, Jada. Appreciate I know you. Jada because she comes from a beautiful family. <laughs> They're all watching. Hi, Williams family. Hi. Yes, thank you to Sean and, uh, for introducing me to Jada. And so uh, the love began a couple of years ago when I met Jada, and we've just connected and just always wanted to work or kind of line. And so today is an excellent opportunity. So, Jada, tell a little bit about yourself and what type of work you do. Sure. I am currently a police officer. I have been policing since 1998. Wow. That would make 22 years wow. ready to retire, but I got a few more years to go. Wow. Um, I currently right now work in a school system mm -hmm. setting at a high school, mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing that for been doing that for about four years okay. now. Okay. Um, I absolutely love it. I love working with children, mm -hmm. um, and I started off as a deputy sheriff in. Richmond, Virginia. Okay, up top. Um, and okay. so, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And did that there for about five years and moved to Atlanta. Okay. And I've been here doing it ever since. Okay. So, um, and that's a little bit about my history. Currently in school mm -hmm. um, for criminal justice. Mm -hmm. And my hopes, long-term goals are to be a high school 
a criminal justice teacher wow. um, on a high school level is uh, called law and justice. Okay. So the teacher on a high school level and then long term, once I'm finished school, uh, be a college professor and teach uh, criminal justice awesome. on, a, uh, on a, high, a college level. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You'll do great. I want to ask you. you why police? Why would you why did you want to be a police officer, Jay? So my 100% disclosure, transparent answer. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelts. Yes, okay. yes, yes. What we got? Um, I was a young mom. Okay. Um, had two small children at the time, and at that time had not um, completed college back then. Okay. Um, and was looking for work, mm-hmm. flipping through the paper, and the agency that I worked for, back then uh, was hiring and I'm like okay this might work okay. I think let's hiring see what happens yeah and 22 years later here I am wow. so it was not a profession that I actually looked uh to go into right. growing up right. but um I guess it was fate just mm-hmm. got into it and um I've done pretty good um mm-hmm. over the last 22 years even have ranked I've been a deputy sheriff sergeant um uh, mm-hmm. for so many years and I can tell you that I worked at the Cab County Sheriff's oh, Office back then so shout out to Cab County Sheriff's Cab Office County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got a lot of my um toolage a lot of my growing up in law enforcement okay. actually came through that agency okay. so I, I really appreciate um them and the experience and training that I received there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never looked to get into law enforcement. Really? I just happened upon it because I didn't want to be a statistic, a young mom, mm. um, you know, unemployed, yes. not working, depending on someone right, else, right, right. the other half, right. um, to take care of me and my children. And so um, there was an opportunity um, and someone gave me a chance and I grabbed the ball and just ran with it. Was the training difficult for you, Jay, back then, 22 years ago? Um, was it hard to get in there? No, because 22 years ago, my bones were not what they okay, are right now. Okay, talk about it now. Talk about it. Talk about 20, it. 22 years ago was a lot easier for me, um, the physical agility. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a competitive person. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting into law enforcement back then was, um, as far as the physical part, was very easy for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um but don't be mistaken. It's hard work. It's hard work. It, is it is hard, hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of not just the physical aspect, but there's a lot of learning that's involved, too, because you have to understand law. It's almost like you can really be an attorney because you're learning so much about the law. Okay. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing is when I first got into law enforcement, um, I had that gun hole type of attitude. Okay. You're not going to say nothing bad to me. You're not going to disrespect right, me, right, you know, and right. c- because I'm the police. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're the folks. So as I grew up and as I grew up in law enforcement, I think one of the biggest things for me became understanding the customer service side okay. of it and how important that is, okay. um, how we treat people, mm-hmm. treating people the way we want to be treated. Right. Um, those things are truly important. And especially in this day and age, I didn't know back then that kind of honing in on those skills, how mm-hmm. important they would be mm-hmm. um, today. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the things that you really, you know, take away from okay. um, this field. Okay. Honestly. There's a couple of things um, that we can't overlook, right? You're female mm-hmm. and you're black. And again, when you came in, did you feel any resistance or was it an embrace when you came in? I, I know it might have been one or two that was like, hmm, you don't belong here. Um, and not so much from a color perspective, maybe because you're a woman. As a right, woman. Right? Um, I think that there was, like you said, maybe the one or two. One or two. And those people, and back then, again, I started off in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so those one or two, 
you really don't want to stand out from everyone else. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of um, your your message is kind of subliminal. Mm -hmm. You don't say it. But a lot of those people were like military guys and mm -hmm. things of that okay. nature. Um, the good old boys, as I would like to call them. And um, but for the most part, um, when I first got into law enforcement, there were not a lot of females in law enforcement right. back then. Mm -hmm. So I was a part of that transition. Okay. So you, when you got in, you really were just treated like one of the guys, okay. you know? Okay. So there really wasn't a whole lot of pushback because they didn't look at you mm -hmm. necessarily mm -hmm. as a female. Mm -hmm. um, they expected you to really to do what they had yeah. to do. You went through the same training mm -hmm. and it could have been a little you know, a little shady, but mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you went through the same training. You, you have to shoot the same weapon. You have to deal with the same people, get in there and do what you have yeah, to do. Yeah. And it, and it really, um, it really tests your, uh, fortitude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being a single mom, Jada, how did it impact your children? Did it have any impact on them at all? Very adverse. Okay. Very adverse because in law enforcement, um, for anyone that's a law enforcement officer, you understand um, working different shifts. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes things happen right at the end of your shift and you're forced to stay. So yeah. if you've worked 12 hours, you may uh, uh, end up doing another four, you know, mm -hmm. five or six hours. Mm -hmm. um, at some point in my career, I had to rotate shifts. So every six months I was working a different shift. So that meant missing school activities, missing um, just essential parts of my children's lives growing up. And I think that it had a very, um, uh, it was a very hard impact on my mm. oldest two children okay. who really, um, to be honest, kind of, uh, had to raise themselves because I was absent, um, mm -hmm. so much and you do the best you can. And, you know, I don't live life with any regrets. Okay. Um, okay. you know, we, we do what we can, which is the reason why, um, for me, I now work in a system where for my youngest daughter, um, we, I police where she goes to school. Okay. So it helps when we're off at the same time. Mm -hmm. We can take vacations together. Mm -hmm. Wish that it had been like that for my oldest too, but it is what it is. And I think that it's given them skills that they need okay. as well. Okay. You know? Okay. So yeah, it's, it's rough though. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, but my kids look up to me. Um, they honor me and I appreciate that. I love you guys. Um, and I, I appreciate that very much. Them understanding the sacrifices. And I think that parents, whether you're single or married, it's still a sacrifice, you know, for your children. So, um, I just thank God for, um, just thank God for him being faithful, even yeah. when times where I felt like I really couldn't right. be. Because real talk, there isn't no, there's no promise that you're going to come back home. Absolutely not. And my kids worry. Mm -hmm. To work. Even now. Yeah. Even now, my daughter, if I'm an hour late, my daughter's like, you don't have class today. I'm like, child. <laughs> I'm working. But they're very concerned. And I, and I get it in as a parent. I try to do my best to not have them mm -hmm. um, worry. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just checking in throughout the day mm -hmm. or calling, hey, I'm going to be late. Hey, don't forget, guys, I have school today. Mm -hmm. um, random text messages. Um, those things are important. I think another thing that people should consider as well is in law enforcement, we have the highest rate of divorce, mm. um, addictions, uh, suicide. Mm. Um, and so... Self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are the spouse or a child of someone in law enforcement, yes. um, just understanding that we need, 
you know, sometimes when I come in the house, I need a minute. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, get all the day off of yeah. me and I need a minute to just bring it on down, right, right, you know, right. because I don't want to bring work home. Right. One thing I know for sure is I turn off my radio as soon as I leave work. I don't want to hear any traffic on my radio. Okay. Um, when I'm off, I try to as best I can ignore my work cell phone. Mm-hmm. I have a district phone that I have to keep on me. Um, but I, I really try to just leave yeah. work at work to and detach. To, to detach 100%. Yes. Because if not, you're constantly looking at emails, mm-hmm. you know, getting different alerts. And it's like that for me, even when it comes to the news. A lot of times I don't even want to know because I live in it every, every single day. day. Mm-hmm. So I, I need time for me. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's rough. Was, was, um, was it your children or just with your youngest? Did that help drive the decision to come out of doing law enforcement the way you were mm-hmm. to come into schools? That Was that the driver or did you just wanted to do something different? <laughs> there were many different pieces to the puzzle. Okay. I think um, for my children was number one mm-hmm. um, because I saw, again, um, the downside for my oldest two mm-hmm. and how it affected them. My youngest daughter... Um, has epilepsy and some other medical things um, stemming from that. And so it was important for me, especially being a single mom, to make sure that I was there for her. And I did not want her to go through those same emotional and psychological issues that my oldest two children went through. That was the first thing. The second thing was, as you get older... you get tired of chasing people. Okay. You get tired of fighting people. <laughs> Come on, Christy Love. You exactly, exactly. <laughs> One of my supervisors called me that. And so, you know, you get you get tired of that. And um for me especially, um, there was a passion for me in law enforcement that just wasn't there anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, traditional law enforcement. Okay, okay. And I had to ask myself the question. What really makes me happy? Like, when am I at my best? Mm. And I love engaging people. And I love working with children. Mm. And I've known that my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, you know, how can I have the best of both worlds? Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I'll go into a school setting as a resource officer. And, of course, you know, tons of people, you don't want to deal with those children. But I'm like, you know... One of the things that I've learned is that a lot of the behaviors that we run from with these, you know, with, with youth and with our students um, stem from something else. Come on. And they need someone there, um, not just the educators, but they need people who are going to nurture them, mm-hmm. who are going to uh, sit and say, you know, hey, I know you've been sleeping in class. But what's going on? Mm-hmm. Is it something else going on? And you'll right. be surprised at the depth of the issues that our teens and young adults have these mm-hmm. days. So as a school resource officer, um, we have kind of a um, a trifold as far as our job. And our biggest things are being mentors, counselors, and then the law-related education. So I tell people this all the time. You know, they're like, well, you know, as far as me enforcing the law, I'm, I have to reiterate i am not a school police officer i am a school resource officer i am in my school to be a resource mm-hmm. to my students okay. and that's important to me okay. because if the kids are locked up prior to being educated mm-hmm. if we don't get to the we know what the behavior is but if we don't get to the why mm-hmm. then how do we help where's our future yeah so that yeah. that for me was like you know 
I, I need to do this. And the second, the, well, the third reason, I'm sorry, that I got into it was because I, too, wanted to go back to school. Okay. So my schedule now allows me the opportunity to go back to school, mm-hmm. to be in a different setting, to reach the kids mm-hmm. in a different way. You got it all mapped out. I'm trying. You got I'm it mapped trying. out. I'm trying. I thank God for you it. You got it mapped out. It took me a long time, but I'm here. But you're here. I'm here. And we appreciate that. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about really just what's been going on. And let's just use Atlanta as, mm-hmm. a, as a background. Sure. Um, unfortunately, women just get attacked or for whatever reasons. And mm-hmm. so based on your experiences, do you can you share some of the reasons or maybe some of the settings as to what's going on in our environment with women? Sure. Um, I think it's important to understand that oftentimes the women that are being attacked are usually those who are in um, low-income areas um, and those who are most times uneducated, which all of that kind of ties in Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so here in the um, Atlanta area, surprisingly, when it comes to that, like just general attacks, um, is we talk a lot about you know women being maybe in a grocery store right. and just being attacked or walking down the street and being drugged somewhere right. and being attacked. Right. But I think the biggest thing that women should be concerned about is we're being attacked not by strangers, but we're being attacked by the boyfriend. Uh, we're being attacked by the baby daddy, uh, by the husband. Okay. So I think it's important, you know, for us to understand that domestic violence is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and domestic does not necessarily mean that you have to be married. It just simply means that you live together. Okay. Okay. Um, and so that's that's a big issue. But <clears throat> that aside from just women randomly, if you're at Walmart and mm-hmm. you get attacked, mm-hmm. I think it's important for women to... Sometimes we just get so complacent. We don't pay attention to our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no reason why a woman is out by herself um, grocery shopping after dark. You, got, you, you you need to find a time where you could do it during the day mm-hmm. where there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, attackers are getting a lot more bold and it can happen during the day. Mm-hmm. But chances are mm-hmm. it usually won't happen during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to tell women, just stay aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. um, pay attention. Uh, I know a lot of times, like at MARTA stations, these types of things happen. And mm-hmm. even though we have MARTA police there, mm-hmm. a lot of women are attacked at, um, in, in settings like that mm-hmm. because they're not paying attention. They have their headphones on. We're on our cell phones. We're thinking about what, what am I going to cook for dinner? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not paying attention to our immediate surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times... Um, women become targets also because just uh, historically we are the weaker vessel Mm. and that's no disrespect to my strong women, but it's the truth. You know, um, when men usually can overpower us Mm. and historically um, we've been seen as, you know, you're, you're the one who's supposed to be cooking Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're there for relations Mm -hmm. and things like that. So men feel um, that they have this certain power over us anyway. Mm-hmm. And so because we're the weaker ones and then we're not paying attention, mm-hmm. um, we usually become targets um, of attack. But in no means does that mean that the woman is at fault. Right. Ever. All you right. know, you're, you're never at fault because someone chose to violate mm-hmm. you. So do you find it? Do we find that sometimes some of the people that are attacking us have been watching us for a while as well? Or is it more of a spot? 
you know, just a spontaneous thing. It can go both ways. Um, <laughs> I think depending on, because no situation is ever the same. Okay. So you, you, you can't, um, you can't lump any of it okay. all together. Okay. I think what happens is, for instance, if you are a female and you live alone, mm. and whether it's in a home or in an apartment complex or whatever, um, you have people around you all the time. Right. So, of course, people are watching right. you. So your neighbors that know you and your neighbors that don't, mm -hmm. everyone knows that you're there by yourself. Or even if you're not there by yourself, they know that maybe your husband, your boyfriend, you know, he doesn't come home till 9. Mm -hmm. You get home at 7 mm -hmm. because you have the same routine, mm -hmm. you know. No, and so people are watching, and so it is important that we alternate our routine, yep. that we don't do the same things all the time, mm -hmm. you know, maybe take a different route yeah. home, you know, um, instead of going home, getting home at 7 every day, maybe, you know, today I'll get home at 8, 830, right. you know, just to give yourself um, some variety in how yeah. you operate yeah. so that the person who may be watching you is thrown off their yeah. game. Yeah. That That's very important. Um, I know that I have had um, in the past previous people who have um, worked with me, um, but as my subordinates, um, a couple of young ladies who pull it into their garage. Um, they pull in the garage. They let the garage door down. Someone slipped into the garage and attacked them in their garage. Oh I've had God. that happen a couple of times um, to people that I know. Oh. So you have to be very, very vigilant, paying attention to your surroundings. Oh um, and like I said, changing your routine. Because if I know you're going to get home at 5.30 every day, I'm going to wait for you. You know, tomorrow at 530. Mm. So, yeah, changing your routine is, is um, one of the biggest things that, mm. that women can do. Um, and a, another thing is just what I tell people when we talk about um, how we protect ourselves. A lot of times it's just using plain old common sense. Mm. You know, you can't be so engrossed in what you're doing that you're not paying attention yeah. to the things around you. Yeah, because you got you, you could. Maybe deflect it better if you could see it coming. Absolutely. If you're aware of what's going on. I know we are, as women, our biggest thing is we are multitaskers, mm -hmm. right? So we're doing multiple things at one time. We're on the phone, and, and it's bad for me. I'm going to just put it out there. I and mean, I try not to get out the car because I got a son. He's 12. I'm on the phone. People are calling. They're texting. They're doing kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And he's talking to me, too, while I'm and I'm on the phone, I'm doing things because he's trying to get my attention on some stuff. And sometimes, most times, I have to just say stop. Like mm -hmm. everything, I stop. Mm -hmm. And I don't get out of my car until I'm together, until Absolutely. I'm present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And just looking around because Absolutely. there's just so much that's going on. When you come off exit ramps, there's people soliciting, doing yeah. stuff, asking, panhandling, coming up. You know, then people want to ask you for directions. It's all of a sudden, I'm like, where is other people? Like, why are you asking me? <laughs> like, no, I don't necessarily. You know, so sometimes I'm just like the defense mechanism is automatically up. Absolutely. And I do take Marta, you know, mm -hmm. to, to and from work. So, yeah, I definitely have to pay attention because there's just a lot of people and bodies and the police is there, but they can't be everywhere. Right. And unfortunately, going to work, you go at the same time for the most. Right. For the most Mm -hmm. You're going to leave at the same time, but the expectancy coming home should be different. Try yeah. to switch that up. I think, too, now, if there's a situation where you're taking, you know, any type of public transportation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it may be a little difficult um, as far as, you know, bus scheduling or, tra right. or train schedule right. or what have you. Right. Um, so... It's, it's hard, but when you're in those environments, it's still important that you're paying attention to your surroundings. Right. 
I wouldn't carry a whole lot of bags. Bags yeah, attract we carry people. A lot of bags. It's, yeah, but bags Ooh. attract people because if you have a bag, there's something in it that you need. Yeah. So if you need it, then I need it they too. They want it too. Exactly. So I think that it's important to make sure that you know your hands are free. Mm-hmm. You know things of that nature. Don't have your phone out. Yeah. Um, all those things are important. But if you're driving, absolutely switch up your route. Yes. You don't have to take twenty. Every single day. Right. Take the you know the back roads one mm-hmm. day. So all those things are important. But again, if you're on public transportation, just try to minimize what you have mm-hmm. in your hands so that you're not distracted and you're not giving someone else more to you mm-hmm. know more of a reason mm-hmm. um, to try to come after you. Mm-hmm. Jada, what can we do to protect ourselves? Like, what are what can we physically do? I want to talk about that first, and then what may be our rights in doing that. So, what can we fit? Can we do anything physically to protect ourselves when somebody attacks us? Um, I, you know, people talk about self defense classes, mm-hmm. and me personally, um, I think that they're great. Okay. Um, I, I can't say that they will always work. Mm, come on, um, <laughs> because come on. you know, but I think that self defense classes are. Um, are a great tool okay. uh, because self-defense classes, they don't only teach you um, technique as far as the art of defense, but um, they will teach you some of the things that we're talking about today, mm-hmm. how to, you know, pay attention, what to look for if a person is, you know, watching you or acting kind of shifty around mm-hmm. you. So those classes do teach you some of those um alerts and those red flags to look for. So they're very important. Another thing is um, a lot of our police community, uh, police agencies have community policing programs Mm -hmm. um, for the public. And you can partake in that where you can learn some different skills and different things to do. And it gives you a chance to network with your local police department. So you become a friend with the cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that always helps. That helps. You know, people always, you know, bashing the police. But I'm a believer that if you're in help, they're the first person that you're going to mm-hmm. call. So, you know, become familiar with your local, you know, jurisdiction. Um, the other thing is... As far as weapons and things of that nature, you know, I see a lot of women who will carry like the mace on the Mm keychains and things like that. Problem with that is it'll get clogged because of the ingredients that they use. Um, So if it sits for a long time and you've never had to use it and the day come where you need to actually use it, it might not come out, you know, or you may not be able to get to it. Um, but it's still, you know, a tool to have just option. in case it okay. is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as firearms, yeah, I, I was going to talk about that because somebody's <laughs> always, somebody got their joint. You know what I'm saying? Always. About? Yeah. How are we doing so, with that? I don't, I never, what's the American Express? You never leave home never with leave that? Never leave home with that. <laughs> never. But, um, but yeah, I think for me, um, I'm an advocate for a firearm. Okay. I, I, I mean, multiple. Like, th- as many as you can What you got, Jay? <laughs> Come on and talk to the people, Jada. What you got? What you got? I, I am an advocate for firearms um, because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, they're afraid yeah. or, you know, I don't want to have that around my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My thought process is that if I would rather have it and not ever have to use it, than to need it, and I don't have it. So, um, not just to have it, but it is so important, and I can't stress this enough, that you learn how to use it. Okay. Um, 
that's important. Mm. If you're in the home, uh, in your home, I would have something in the home um, that I don't want to tell people what to what to buy and what to use. Okay. But I would have something in my home that would help protect my home. I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where you work, you may not be able to carry. But for me, I, I mean, of course, just being a police officer, but even if that were not my profession, I would have a firearm. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, my biggest thing is not to just have it, but to learn how to use it. I'm also an advocate for teaching your children. Um, There is an age limit. I'm not sure what it is right now. Um, I know that you have to be um, 21. Um, However, (laughs) got to say this so that I'm politically correct. Um, when my children were younger, um, with a clear weapon, um, I taught my children what it was. I did not want them to be curious and then go play with the gun or do anything crazy with the weapon. Mm -hmm. I did sit them down. This is not TV. If you shoot it and you, you know, shoot someone else, they are going to die. You know, so I had those conversations and I never had an issue with my, with my children. Mm -hmm. For me, um, and for me, and I'm not suggesting this to anyone else, I do not lock my firearms up. Mm -hmm. I put them somewhere. So I know where they are. Mm-hmm. My oldest child who is still in the home knows where it is if something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, my um, my issued weapon, my work weapon, I keep right next to me all the time. But for, as far as any other weapons, it's important to me to have them and to teach my children. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not home and something happens in my home, mm-hmm. I need them to be able to defend themselves. Yeah. And I know sometimes for me it can be a little overkill because I'm constantly like, where are the exits? If this happens, this is what we're going to do. Right. I'm always, and to go back to the last question as far as us protecting, our, protecting ourselves, I'm always going over scenarios. I am, I'm constant, yeah. like, yeah. I'm probably paranoid, <laughs> but I'm constantly, you know, if someone comes in this door, how am I going to respond? How am yeah. I going to react? And I'm not thinking about how am I going to save Michelle. Mm-mm. I'm thinking about how am I going to take this person out? What do I need to do to get the best vantage so I can, you know? Ooh. So I'm constantly, and I'm not, you know, I don't want people to, and thinking about weapons and yes. how do I protect myself, okay. to think like I think. I think that um, my perceptions are a little jaded just because of my profession. Mm-hmm. But... um I, I would rather, again, I would rather have it and, and have the mentality that I have than to not and to get caught in a situation where I could not defend okay. myself. Okay. So, and that's um, fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think, I think more and more women are leading that way in the mm-hmm. sense of what can I do to protect myself? I'm and all e- for it. And even the guys or the men that are in our lives are saying, like, you might want to get a I need to get a little firearm or something. Yeah, because I can't be there all the time. Yeah, and what if I crazy. need you to help me? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> people are crazy. They are. And you know, my dad made rest in peace. He said, better be better to be judged by 12 than to be carried, carried by, by six. six. That's so, so true. But the biggest thing for me is the training. Even yes. for us in law enforcement, yes. the training is so important. And I say this to the general public mm-hmm. because... 
it can get kind of tricky with the law because if I am, if I'm being attacked by you and I'm just randomly, I'm just shooting. I never shoot you, but I shoot all the eight people standing behind you. Mm -hmm. I'm still responsible for those people. So it's important to not just do what you have to do to protect yourself, but to be trained the right way Mm -hmm. for whatever avenue you choose to take. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as protecting yourself, know your laws, um, I know the laws as far as it relates to um, self-defense, understand and stand your ground, because that does not always apply. Um, Those laws are sometimes in place, um, but they are very detailed. Mm -hmm. And so for most people, they don't really know the law. Mm -hmm. They know the title of the law, but they don't know all the verbiage that goes in line with those laws. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that if you're going to put yourself or if you say, okay, I'm going to carry a firearm, what are the laws that go along with if I have to shoot this, how how is this going to work? Mm -hmm. Because if you come to my home, but you have not physically passed that threshold and came into my home, I don't have the right to shoot you. If you're in my home, but you turn around like you're going back out my home and I shoot you in your back, we still have a problem. Yeah, we do. So people have to understand, you know, if you came in my home and you left and now you're running down the street, but I had already started shooting and I'm chasing you, you better stop at your at your, at your door and not pursue this person. It's against the law. So understanding how and then sometimes even depending on, you know, if just depending on how the situation unfolds. You may try to shoot a person, but are you being excessive in how you're responding right. to the attack? Right. So you really have to understand how the law mm-hmm. works. I think for me, that's the biggest thing before we start getting into weapons and things of this nature. Learn the law. Okay. Learn the law. And then train. Get and, tra- and train, train, train. Weapon. Please Was train. Was it difficult for you, Jay, when you started carrying a weapon or... Learning how to fire it up. Oh, look at her giving me the Clint Eastwood look. It wasn't. <laughs> Come on, Jada. I love you shooting. Love, what? I love <laughs> shooting. It is like a high. Like, I love it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I do. I absolutely Ooh. love it. And again, because I'm so competitive. Mm. So, you know, when we're, when we're training, we have, um, what they call um, like a stress test kind yeah, of shooting scenario. Yeah. And, you know, we go through different, um, just different ways of shooting, different things. Of course, there's a time limit. You have to get so many rounds off and so much time. Yeah. So because I'm so competitive, I'm always like trying to outdo myself. And because I feel it's still filled with men, mm-hmm. y'all not going to shoot better just because you're a man. You think you shoot better than me? I think the highest, the highest we can get is a 300. So far, I've been able to shoot a 290 out of 300. Come on, girl. Don't play. Don't play around. <laughs> Don't play around. Literally, you're supposed to be going to the range. So as y'all can see, I have nails. Yeah. I said, can you cut this nail down? This one and this one. So I can. <laughs> so you can get it. So you can get it. I don't care if these two shorter than the rest. Oh my I need gosh. to be able to shoot my weapon when it's time. How many how many firearms do you have, Jaya? Right now I, I have. I don't even want to look. What what you got? Three. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I keep them hidden. I don't want to tell anybody. No, like no, no. even if no, I'm just saying. Even if like we were dating. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to know everything. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Keep it, keep uh, it on the down low. Pick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to your local pawn shop. 
It fine and fine weapons. Really? Too. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, of course have to go through you know background check, yes. get clearance. You can't be a convicted felon. Um, Did say that again? She said you can't. You cannot be, be a convicted, convicted felon. felon. They will run your stuff. You won't go to jail. Um, but uh, you can find firearms uh, pretty reasonably. I would say find what fits for you. Yeah, right. Um, and I would test it. Uh, you can get a smaller weapon. Um, you can get a bigger weapon. I have big hands, so for me, I need something that I can, you know, with a bigger grip on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have weapons where you can add grips to, to it. it. Um, they have um, with, with smaller grips, if you have a smaller hand, um, the caliber of the weapon makes a difference. But knowing how to shoot the weapon so you don't get that, that recoil, that jerk. I mean, it's just so many things that go along with shooting. That's why I say training is important. Um not being afraid of it. Okay. A lot of people shoot they close their eyes. You can't see what you're shooting at, but your eyes close. <laughs> so you got to get used to the weapon. Take it out. There's a place in, um, <laughs> since we're in Atlanta, there's a place in Smyrna. It's called um, uh, Adventures Outdoors. Mm. Um, they're often on Groupon, so you can go and you can shoot okay. and you can rent a weapon. That way you can test it out and mm-hmm. see what it's about. So, yeah, but I would say train. And learn the law. I used to have a firearms license. Yeah, I think I'm going to get it renewed. Yeah, you can go to your local court. And just really practice. The thing is just really practicing and getting comfortable with it. Because each each, um, gun, handgun, has different powers. And there's Mm -hmm. different type of bullets that you can use in Mm -hmm. each one. And how you trying to hurt them or you trying to not take them out. Like there's... Different degrees. Depends on how you feel. Yeah. There's different degrees <laughs> on what you want to do when you right. shoot and hold a weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother education mm-hmm. mindset. You know, you got to be realistic, be calm with it. Because it is. It, it is very powerful. It um, is. To have a weapon in your hand. And I think for anyone that's considering it, um, just a little nugget. You can go to your... Um, your local uh, magistrate court. I think it's magistrate court. Mm. Um, I know in DeKalb for sure you can go right downtown um, Decatur and um, do the application to be processed to legally carry. And there's different um, types of um, permits. So you can get um, a concealed permit Mm -hmm. or you can do... um, just the regular open carry. Yeah. So, but you know, once you go down there, I think it's a, it's like a small fee. It's not that much. Okay. Um, and you just apply for your um for your permit. Mm-hmm. But definitely make sure you have a permit before you start right going to right. you know right. carry and, weapons. And Jada, you talked about knowing our rights when someone invades our home. I wanted to ask, what are our rights when someone approaches us and we are equipped to carry a, a firearm on us? We have our permit. We're good. We've we went to their training, and we're paying attention, and somebody comes and takes us, tries to snatch us up, put us in some kind of van or whatever, and we shoot them. Are, are we within our rights, or it just depends on the situation? I think oftentimes it depends on the situation. So you talked about someone trying to um, take you and put you in a van. So we'll, we'll stick with that, mm-hmm. um, stay in that van, right, right. especially now because we have um, – so much going on with sex trafficking, yes. labor trafficking, yes. um, people being sold for organs and things like that. Mm. Um, if someone snatches you and they put you and they, you know, take you, they accost you and they put you in a van or something like that, and you are in reasonable fear of your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to articulate that based on 
whatever that circumstance was um, and whatever recourse you take is what you take. Mm. Um, But you have to be able to articulate that because we have to understand that if you use a firearm, that is deadly force. Mm. So even for us um, who are considered government agents, police officers, um, we have to be able to articulate um, why we use the you know force that we use? So even for you, you as as a as a regular citizen, you have to be able to articulate. You know, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. This is you know, I was in a reasonable fear of my life, right? And th- th- these are the actions that I okay. that I took because okay. of A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. So you really now, if if um, I don't know, I, just something crazy like. You mad at your boyfriend, mm. and he tell you to get in the car, and he grab your arm, and you shoot him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it was Jada's face. Mm. It really wasn't funny, but her face Mm-mm. made me laugh. The expression that's what the ju- funny. Jada's the judge, judge going to do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what the judge is going to do. That's not going to work, ma'am. So mm. we don't need that. No. no, you 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 literally have to be able to articulate. Right, I was in. Fear. Mm. I thought I was going to die. Right. You have to be able to justify yeah, force. You do. You Any do. force, but deadly force, you have to be able to justify it because no one's above the law. No one. Mm. Not even us, police. Mm-hmm. Did she give the look? She gave the look. No, no one. No about. one. I know. <laughs> so talk to me, Jada, about now that you are, you've changed your role. You still have the passion, and now it's geared towards kids um, in schools. Are they coming to schools with firearms a lot? Not at my school. Not at her Love school. Y'all. Um, but in general, just in general, um, I I can't say if they're coming to school with firearms a lot. I can say that we don't get a whole lot of school shootings. Okay. Now I know for my district. We do random uh, school searches. Okay. Um, and so we don't we don't get firearms. Um, I think since I've been where I am now, we may have recovered one okay. firearm okay. in the last two years. Okay. Um, and it it was never brandished. It was never used. It was just a tip from. We have a tip line, and it was a tip from a student. Because that particular kid bragged to somebody else, mm. you know, that, you know, um, I'm going to bring my, you know, so-and-so's gun to school tomorrow. Right, right, right. Um, Not to use it or do anything but crazy just, like just that. Just it. to have it because kids do stuff yeah, like, like that. that. And um, so uh, we were able to recover it. There was no, you know, mm-hmm. of course, there's disciplinary actions and things right, like that right, matter. But right. there was no pandemonium setting, you know, mm-hmm. set in because of it or anything like that. So, but we don't get, we don't get a whole lot of, um weapons mm. um and in in general i don't think that just when you look at schools case by case individual schools i don't think that you get you will get a whole lot of weapons on school okay. grounds i think what happens is that a lot of our kids um will post i think i, I don't believe that they don't have access to these weapons Understood. because they're posting them online you see them right. online and we i have detectives at my school all the time and a lot of times what will happen is these kids who are posting are getting likes by my children so now they want to know does this kid not the one with the weapon but this this kid who liked, liked the it. picture or commented on it they go to drew oh 
Yeah. I've, it's plenty of schools, yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'm just like, yes, that child does, but this child does not. Mm-hmm. And so I thank God for that, that I don't have a whole lot of um, issues like that right. at my particular school. Um, and to that point, in the district that I'm in now, um, since I've been there, we haven't had any school shootings at all either. Mm. So, which which is a great thing. Mm, that's excellent. Now, marijuana is something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's different. <laughs> but no, no weapons. <laughs> so, for for the young ladies that attend schools, high schools in general, are they getting attacked um, from males within the school or by other females? Is it a is it pretty violent or aggressive in, in our schools right now? I think girls? that kids fight. Okay, brothers fighting and sisters fight. Fighting is different fight. than being attacked. Yeah, right? fighting is different than being attacked, and we don't get a lot of attacks. What I find is that I do get young ladies who come to my school, who will come to school, mm-hmm. or their parents will come to school and say, "My daughter got a DM." from this grown man saying that he'll give her money, um, he'll buy her clothes, um, or we'll have cases where someone is grooming our young ladies. And by grooming, I mean, I'll pay you money to do this. Um, something simple, Mm -hmm. you know, or, um, Oh, your mom, you know, she, she don't buy you clothes. She mm. don't buy. Oh, okay. Well, I'll buy you some clothes. Mm. I'll buy you food. So you start wow. grooming. And so now I'm doing all these things for you. And eventually you're going to want it back. Something back. You're going to have to give me something back in return. And that's a segue, ladies and gentlemen, into sex trafficking, which mm. is huge. And especially amongst high school and college girls. Mm. They don't want us. We too old. <laughs> Ma'am, <laughs> but our young girls, yeah, they, you know, but these girls, I would say between the ages of 13 to maybe 24 ish. Yes. Huge target um, and a very huge market because sex trafficking is a billion dollar business. It's a business. It's not just about, you know, let me snatch this person and yeah. then yeah. have sex with them. It's not about that because right. then that would just be rape. Right. right, right. We're talking about. I'm going to sell you to the highest bidder. Mm. Um, You know, we're talking about an exchange for weapons or drugs. This is a business. And contrary to what people believe, a lot of people believe that the area, you know, Clayton County, College Park, those areas around the airport may be the highest for sex trafficking, but it's not. The highest area for sex trafficking, labor trafficking in Atlanta is more of your northern area. Really? Because those people have more money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so that's that's where you're gonna get a lot of cases. Unfortunately, mm. those numbers, even though it's happening, the numbers that are reported are not that high. So um, even with attackers, um, just regular women just being attacked, mm. um, a lot of times, um, because a lot of it is more domestic, a lot of it goes undetected because a lot of women don't even report it yeah. for reasons of shame mm. or, you know, just the embarrassment yeah. of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
they don't even report it. So the numbers, um, although they are high, in my opinion, I believe that they're much greater than what's actually being reported because a lot of women just don't report. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, it won't make a difference. It won't. You know, I'm not that, going to say that's they it's say. not going to make a difference. That's what they say. It won't. It won't make a difference. Who's going to do anything? Yeah. And it's already happened. It's done. What right. do you want to do? And it's I been done. the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a lot of resources, whether it's for sex trafficking. If you're a victim of sex trafficking, there are a lot of um, resources that are put in place for them, whether it's counseling, um, relocation, as far as, you know, the government helping to pay for housing for you um, and your family, um, especially if you come to the country um, as a victim of sex trafficking, there's different type of visas that you can um, obtain, whether it's a, uh, a T visa or a U visa, and those are different types of visas mm. um, that you can look into. But there are resources, but a lot of people believe that, and, and even for domestic violence to that point, um, within your local jurisdictions, there are safe houses mm. um, and a lot of other resources that they put in into play for a lot of these women who are um, victims of domestic violence. Right, right. Um, but a lot of women don't know that. And so, again, they feel like, what's the point? You know, who, who's who's really protecting me? You yeah. know, what's going to happen from this point on? Because they don't know. We don't, we don't broadcast that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about coronavirus all day, but we don't flash on the news. Hey, if you're a victim of... You know, we don't talk about that. So a lot of women don't feel like Mm -hmm. anyone cares. But those resources, ladies, are out there. Mm. They're out there, Mm. you know. And I know for sure um, in DeKalb, I just did a, um, a, uh, I don't know whether to call it a symposium or what have you, but with the um, DeKalb DA, we did, assistant DA, we just did a little summit on sex trafficking. So I know that they have specifically in DeKalb County, they have um, resources for victims of not only domestic violence, but sex trafficking awesome. as well. Awesome. Shout yeah. out to DeKalb County. Shout out yeah. to DeKalb County. A lot of resources in DeKalb Come County. Come on now. A lot of resources. And they work very closely. They have task force uh, forces that work specifically for these types of things. Um, I know DeKalb County Sheriff's Office, they have a domestic violence unit, Mm. um, and they specifically work um, in that realm. You can come at any time, 24 hours a day. The jail is always open. They have shelters. (laughs) Well, no. The business hours, they do shut down at a certain time. She said the jail is The back door open. is open, but the okay. front door closes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but we do. They have a, um, a call button. They have um, resources there. Um, they'll find shelter. The deputies will transport you and your children. There are different types of shelters. Um, but I think in the city of Atlanta as a whole, and this is something that I do want to bring up, is that a lot of our shelters, you you may have a shelter for women Mm -hmm. that don't allow boys. So, or you may have a shelter for women and children, but if your son is a certain age, Mm -hmm. you know, he wouldn't be able to stay. So I think that that's something as a whole that we probably should work on. Um, But there is housing, even within the school districts. I know within my school district, we have something called communities and schools. Um, We do have a community um, and schools representative at my school um, who's, awesome with finding housing for families 
um, just outside of whether you were attacked or not, mm-hmm. just those resources are there. And, and it's an opportunity to put you in a better situation um, economically and socially so that you can kind of, because it, it really don't matter where you are, you know, people believe that, but it does happen more often in some of these um, neighborhoods mm-hmm. where poverty exists um, or what have you. But just if we can put ourselves in a better position yeah. to do better, to mm-hmm. live better, to be better, um perhaps we can try to avoid some of this other stuff right. that's going on. Right. So reach out to your local schools, your counselors, um, your police department, churches have resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that people care and there are people out there yeah. who do have um, what you need yeah. to get to that next yeah. step. They're committed to making sure this doesn't Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. I got a couple more questions. Now, I typically mm-hmm. don't do this, but this is good. Are mm-hmm. you? Would you be open for questions if somebody called in? Sure. Okay. So she said, sure. If you have questions, because this is good, <laughs> you feel free to call us at 470-251-4343. 470-251-4343 if you have questions for Jada Williams, my police officer. I have a question for you. Um, I want to take it back to the statement that you said. Oftentimes, we assume that high sex trafficking is happening around the airports and college park but it really happens in the north side of town because of the money. Mm -hmm. Is it the money because of what they can give to the person in the sex trafficking or the recipient of the sex person? I guess I see what you're saying. So the person who's, um, facilitating this, this trade, trade. there, there's a price that they set for whatever that person is, um, that they're going to trade off. Um, and of course, I don't have, you know, $5,000, $10,000 to give you for this person, Mm. but I'm sure a person that lives, you know, a more lavish lifestyle, they have it. 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 So that's where a lot of our numbers come from, from from those, um, other Mm. areas. So, Mm. Mm. yeah. I'm going to ask you this, Jada. Um, you're a good, you're a good police officer. You're, you're, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have seen in media and things in life that some of our own have died at the hands of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Is there any suggestions or tips that you can share with us, especially as women? Because now it's no respect of women. We, if we out of line, if they feel we're out of line, we're going to get hemmed up on the ground. We kiss and dirt or whatever. Is there anything that we can do? as citizens, that when we come into a situation, what we should do, what we should say, how we should act, just some tips to help us be better as we protect ourselves. Sure. It's a load. I personally feel like that's a loaded question only because it's such controversy mm. behind people saying what you should or shouldn't do. Okay. Because I think the end, the end result is people just blame the police. I got you. You know what I, I mean? You. So you can put your hand on the steering wheel. You yes, cannot ma'am. talk back. You cannot. And, you know, people feel like, well, why can't, why can't I say what I want to say? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that um, for me, and I'm only speaking for, from my Understood. own experience. Um, I said earlier that going into law enforcement, I had that whole, yeah. You see my badge? Yeah. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. You know? So yes. I had that type of mentality. Mm-hmm. This was way before 
all this stuff started happening yes. with this breakdown between community and police. Yes. I do believe that that breakdown has been here okay. historically. Yes. Um, I think now in this new age of technology with cell phones and things of that nature, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to record it and you instantly see the story. Right. Um, it's not so easy to hide. Yes. Um, but as far as contact with the police, I from a law enforcement perspective, mm-hmm. what I do know is that probably more people than not have a bad taste in their mouths about police. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I arrive on the scene, my hair's already standing on the back of my head because not just because of what I'm running into Mm -hmm. and people will say, you get paid to do that. (laughs) You don't pay me enough. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) but I have a job to do. So I'm, I'm running into this thing and I'm already like, what am I going to be faced with? Because like you said earlier, is my mom going to come back home today? Right. So these things are always my, my instincts are, I have to survive. Yes. That's what we've been trained to do. Okay. You want to handle the situation, but you want to go home the way you came. So for me, my mind is always on handle the situation, but you have to survive. Mm. Um, and so if I'm encountering a situation and I'm over here, and then Michelle runs up, and Michelle, hey, I'm not, I'm not ma'am. <laughs> you know, and no, I, the same way I told you earlier in law enforcement, where the officers didn't look at me any different as a female officer, right, right. we don't look at citizens as male and female. You are obstructing me from doing my job. I got you. Okay. You are causing, because I need to focus on what's going on and you're not allowing me to do that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people should just step back Mm -hmm. and allow us to do our job. Again, no one is above the law. Right. It's the, it's the officer's job to enforce the law. Mm -hmm. We have a huge book Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we have to enforce. It is the judge's job to interpret the law. I'm only enforcing it. So, my my thing is to the innocent bystanders, mm-hmm. to the people that have nothing to do with the situation, step back, let the police do their job. Mm-hmm. If you're involved in a situation and you see like a lot of these situations where the police come up and they just slamming folks and just, mm-hmm. you know, um, I really can't speak to mm-hmm. why right. they're responding that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of these situations, um, I, I do know that we only get part of the story right. um, initially. Right. We only see that part. We don't know what happened before, you know. And I think keep in mind, too, that when you are a 911 responder, I just got a call for domestic violence, and I just dealt with you and your husband, right? Mm-hmm. So he done beat the snot out of you, and you're not even recognizable, and I just had to send you for surgery, and I don't know if you're going to make it. Mm. And I'm dealing with that. Last two days ago, I went into a home and a mother killed all her kids and herself. Mm. I'm still dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm coming to your situation Mm -hmm. and all you did was steal some cigarettes Mm. out the store. Mm -hmm. But I got all of this stuff. Oh, on me. Mm-hmm. And all I'm getting from you is enough of that I get. Mm-hmm. So, and that that is absolutely not an excuse, but from a person in this field, I understand that 
we carry a lot. Mm -hmm. We carry a lot. And oftentimes we don't, we don't know how to get that stuff off of us. Mm -hmm. And so instead of us dealing with this case and then moving to the next, we take this case and this case and this case and this case until we explode. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the things that I have seen in the media, um, I absolutely do not agree with. Um, but I am always wanting to know what else happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I see what I see and I don't agree with that, but what else happened? Um, and so I think as far as the citizens and how they respond to the police, I think it's important to understand that the police are doing their jobs. And even if an officer, I think I seen something on social media the other day, um, the part that I saw the officer ran was running up, something happened and I don't know what happened, but I saw him go back to a young lady and kind of slam her on the ground. Mm-hmm. Very small, fragile young lady. And that's what the... That's what the media plays on. Right. This poor little girl. Um, I don't know what caused him to right. do that. Um, but for me, if it were me and I were a female and I was dealing with that same female, would it be that poor little girl? Mm. Or would it just be the female officer slammed her? Mm. Or it might be because people just don't like the police. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but for the public, how you respond to the police is to just let them do their jobs. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come out. Okay. It's going to, it's going to come out, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, again, some of these cases, like, um, I'm trying to show you my ID and you just shoot me. Mm. Why? Yeah. You, I, I, yeah. I, I would never be able to understand mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm selling CDs and you know, you, you choking me. Why are we choking yeah. people? Yeah. You know, so it's certain things right. that I see. I, again, I'm always still asking what Why? else happened. Yeah. How did we get here? But how did we get there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but if if they ask you to do something, just just do it, mm-hmm. you know. And to my fellow officers, you have to be mindful, you know, too, that you, you always have to just treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it's a volatile situation and I have to respond that way, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But if I can um, de-escalate, if I can bring the stress level down, mm-hmm. if I can take a minute to just assess what's going on, sometimes we don't even have a second. And that's what people have to understand in law enforcement. I have a split second in, in, in a very volatile situation to determine what do I need to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a minute to sit back and, and come up with a plan on how I'm going to get my weapon and go into the store and rob everybody in the store. Right. And I'm going to take a Pepsi and I'm going to get some cigarillos and a few lottery tickets, you know, with this BB gun that everybody thinks is a real gun. I'm going to get a Pepsi? I'm, yeah, the big one. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> She said a big one. Yeah. I don't have time to plan. Right. I just know that I just came into the store and you got a, a gun. Mm. I don't know it's a BB gun. Right. I just see a weapon. I see people laying on the floor afraid. So if I come in and I say drop the weapon and you turn and you shoot it at, uh, you point it at me. Yeah. In my brain for that split second, what is my response supposed to be? Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. and I'm always asking, what happened before you saw me take the shot. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's why when we determine deadly force, there is a three-pronged test that the officers have to go through. That's why I say, no, you're a law. Right. Um, There's a battery of things that the courts will look at and say, did this happen? Was this in play? Did this happen? Did Mm -hmm. this happen? Mm -hmm. And if we can check those boxes off, it's going to be justified. Mm -hmm. If we can't check the boxes off, then it's not going to be justified. So you you really have to put your mind in, you know, what was that officer thinking at that time? Um, What would a reasonable person Mm -hmm. think if they were in that same situation? And that's what a lot of people don't consider. What would a reasonable person do in the same situation? Mm -hmm. Again, some of these things, I'm like, why did that happen? Right, right. But some of the stuff, I'm like... Come on, y'all. Mm. You know, mm. we 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 we're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. okay, all right. Mm-hmm. You speaking in schools, Jada? What you doing? Mm. You on fire? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you speaking in schools? What's going um, on? on? Well, with my with my school, I do um, have a mentoring program at my school. Um, most recently, I've done a workshop mm-hmm. uh, with my parents mm-hmm. um, in conjunction with my parent liaison at my school. Um, but my goal is to eventually do some public speaking, um, around that. There is a, uh, one of my professors, I'll shout her out, Dr. Michelle Allen. She's an awesome mentor. Um, and initially when I decided to go back to school, I told her and, uh, Dr. Philip Neely, uh, Dr. Neely, if anyone's watching, a lot of people probably know Dr. Neely. He's Mm. like, probably like Atlanta famous. Um, but <laughs> Dr. Neely's a cool guy. And when I first went in, I said, well, um, I'm going to get my degree in soci- sociology. And Dr. Neely sounded like an old Baptist preacher. It's like, for what? And I said, because that's what I want to do. And he said, well, you know, in criminal justice, you can do so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a degree in criminal justice and here I am teaching it mm-hmm. on this level. You can do public speaking. Mm-hmm. You can do this. You can do that. And you don't realize that there's a need right. for conversation. Yes. You know, yes. and, you know, for me, I think that um, eventually I do. I, I want to get involved with, okay. you know, public speaking and to empower women, especially. Like especially. Like yes. yes, 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 we yes. Like um, because I, I don't think that women, one, I don't think that women truly, truly know their power. I don't think they truly know their power. And two, I don't think we have enough big mamas and big sisters like we used to have back in the day mm-hmm. where I can help you, not not for me to just empower you, right. but for me to hone in on your skills, on your talents, right. on your gifts, so that you can then empower yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't have enough people mm-hmm. saying, girl, you are beautiful. Girl, you are talented. Mm. Did you hear what you just said? Mm. Have you thought about public speaking? Mm. You know, not just even, you know, I have a lot of girls who um, I do in my school. We have like the law and justice. I was telling you, we have the law and justice classes. And so shout out to Mr. Sims who uh, lets me come in and do debates with his students. uh, And um, the girls would be debating and it's always the females. They love to argue. So they're (laughs) going back and forth and People say, you need to be an attorney. And I'm like, being an attorney is not about arguing. Right. Being an attorney is knowing how to win. Yeah. yeah. And so I want girls to understand that we can win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And so for me, those things are important. I think that's why I love being in the arena that I'm in, Mm. because you get them when they're young. And even if I don't see how things manifest, 
I know that I've planted a seed mm. and that's important to me. Mm. You know, I might not see the flower grow, but I know that that seed was placed in the ground. Right, right. And so that, that, that's important to me. But if I ever had the opportunity to well, speak well, or will. do different she things, will. she said, if she ever, you, I you just will. put that out there. In yeah, the we got you. We got you. <laughs> we got you working on some things. You're going to let the, you know, unfortunately the coronavirus has impacted our school schedules and so everything that was on this on the docket on calendars is postponed shifted so this school year is probably going to be tough we probably just yeah. want to focus and allow the kids to get through the school year and kind of hopefully we'll get through this sooner than later yeah um but we're going to be working on some things in the fall and sure. i see your future very bright yeah. young lady i see you too put your shades on it's bright <laughs> Because we're not perfect, but we are empowered. We absolutely are. And that's what we need. So how can the people get at you, Jada? If people have questions or something, can they slide in your DM and ask a question? I'm going to look this way. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So before I get into that, let me just say I want to make two points. One, Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about girls and girls being empowered, but I want you guys to know that when it comes to sex trafficking, um, right now there are more boys being sex trafficked than girls so young fellas you know those of you with sons please 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 let your young boys know that this is not just a girl women issue woman issue this is happening to boys as well that's the first thing when it comes to sex trafficking um my second thing is uh, Michelle brought up the point about schools being out mm-hmm. um, because of the coronavirus. I know in my particular district and many others like Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, some gave a two-week yeah. um, time frame, yeah. but many are indefinite. Yeah. Um, my school district is out indefinitely, um, and I want to say that these districts are still feeding our children, yes. um, still giving resources to our children. Mm-hmm. This is not a vacation. The children are still having to go home to and work. learn. Work. Um, they have mm-hmm. to go online. Mm-hmm. Um, if your child is not able to get online or access the Internet, the school should still be giving you resources so that your mm-hmm. child can you know, still learn and at some point uh, turn this these assignments in. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a break, but there are many districts that are open and they're feeding. I know in my particular district, we have 10 schools that are open. Um, to feed. So if you see my face and you know that you work with me, there are schools that are open in our district. Um, go online um, if you can or um, check out Instagram, our Facebook page um, to find out what those locations and times are. I will be there a couple of days myself helping to feed. So um, a lot of people don't realize that our students don't, the only time that they do get a meal when is when, school. Yeah, when, when they, they come, come to school. school. Absolutely. So, um, which is two meals a day, which is two, and lunch. which is two meals a day. Right. And it is a portioned meal. Mm. So, um, you don't get to just eat as much as you want. Mm. Thank God for my uh, nutritional staff who are, um, very understanding. Mm. Um, so if I do have a student who's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. we will do whatever we can. We right. fed families, um, Again, my community and school uh, rep, um, she have frozen meals that we have all the time. We have a clothes pantry at our mm. school. Um, we'll wash clothes for our students Come at our on. school. We have a lot going on. So, again, if you see my face, you know what school I'm at. Um, if you're in need of anything, reach out to us. Um, again, I am a school resource officer, mm-hmm. um, not a police officer. It is not my... Um, first thought to lock students up. Mm -hmm. Um, That is not the most important thing for me. My job is to educate and to get them to the point where 
um, they are empowered and that they can go out into this world and be better for themselves and make the world a better place. Mm. To reach me. Come on, Black History in the Making. <laughs> Come on. Oh, shout out to Black uh, History in the Making. Come Alfred on. Laundry, A L F E R D L A U N D R Y, at Call Me Shivy, at Call Me Shivy on Instagram. Uh, my, my, my homeboy he makes these shirts and the, uh, the free food program shirts so um, shout out to him um, awesome entrepreneur doing this thing um, but to reach me I am on Instagram at, at underscore uh, I'm sorry at wiser underscore now mm-hmm. at w-i-s-e-r underscore now mm-hmm. please tell me why you're DMing me <laughs> what it's for I will block you I am still a police officer I don't know you stop stalking me ask a question <laughs> or you can ask me you guys can always come through real she can filter it all yeah and you can, we can filter it and send it to especially if you're looking for resources if you want questions you have questions and you need some answers because really it was all about protecting ourselves and understanding Absolutely. our rights um, not just for women, but for just for men, too. Everybody yeah. that's watching, we have men and women mm-hmm. that watch the show, and we mm-hmm. thank you for that support. But we want to be able to check, um, protect our people when they leave. We want them to come back home safely every day. Absolutely. We want them to be safe in the homes. So if you choose to carry a firearm, we ask that you get proper training to use it, get a permit, um, get familiar with your local police department so they know you in a good way, mm-hmm. um, and just get the tools that you need. Ask the questions. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed shame um trafficking is a thing people getting snatched up not coming back missing all that kind of stuff we have to stop that um we want our families to come back home every single day so again if you have any questions yeah jada will screen uh the questions (laughs) the the people that come at her i'm a little bit more of an open format so if you have any questions feel free to ask me i'll pass them on to jada and then we'll get you the resources that you need and she's very excited about sharing so if you do want her to come to your school that's another thing feel free to ask her so that she can come and empower uh, your students with knowledge because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Wasn't that wonderful? That was awesome. That I'm was so happy not, to yes. be here. Thank you, Jada, for coming. This no was problem. wonderful. You're very good. Thank you because real chicks rock. Yeah, all day. And you guys know <laughs> where to get at me. I'm everywhere. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. We're, we got the website realchicksrock.com. We are still hustling the new shirt. See that? that that's not a V-neck. That's a regular... Scoop net. Right. See, they like like that. that. So go to the website, get that shirt today, you know, because you need to have it on your back because springs are coming. Yeah. You felt it yesterday. The temperatures was really nice and warm yesterday. So yeah, spring is on the cusp. You need one of these on your back. As we said, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm working on some things. I'm oh I'm like the mad scientist. Yeah. I'm always working on stuff. And so we just want to allow our country, our city, our state to just kind of deal with this virus that's much more important than anything that we had going on um, and we want people to kind of get settled in and we kind of get through that as a community as a country mm-hmm. as a nation as a world and then we'll be on your calendar we'll be knocking on your doors and we'll be doing things so continue to look out for us as we look out for you until next time you guys continue to take care and rock on Yay. bye thanks jada absolutely <laughs> yeah thanks for listening to today's episode If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, 
Take care and continue to rock on.